Like Book Club meets Letterboxd, meets Greatest Hits, meets Happy Hour, but all about TV. Every week, three friends make and debate the case if a show is truly essential viewing. Listen for the hot takes and save the camaraderie. I'm Ezra. I'm Mallory. I'm Gina, and this is Yes, I'm Still Watching. This week, we're talking about Scandal, one of my favorite shows ever. The seven-season series ran on ABC from 2012 to 2018, and it's now streaming on Hulu for the time being. As always, a general warning about spoilers. We will be discussing everything. Does that really ruin a TV show? We don't think so. Now let's get into it. Da, 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 da. Intro so, music. Scandal, as I've said, <laughs> is uh, one of my favorite shows ever. It is an American political thriller and drama series. It takes place in Washington, D.C. and focuses on Olivia Pope, played by Kerry Washington, uh, her crisis management firm, Olivia Pope and Associates, also known as OPA, the staff of the fictional president, Fitzgerald Grant and his administration in the White House, and the surrounding political and media scene permeating D.C. And fun fact that I think is wild, the character of Olivia Pope is actually based on a real-life former DC fixer. She was George H.W. Bush's press aide, Judy Smith. Now, I don't want to give too much away. The show has a little bit of everything. Soapy drama, love triangles, political intrigue, murder, you name it. And basically, uh, as per the usual, if you listen to this podcast, I, I selected a few, just a tiny, a tiny amount of episodes that you should watch if you want to get into the show. So Some, many. <laughs> Gina, <laughs> Gina <laughs> might say that there are too many episodes, so I'll condense it down to just watch season one. It's seven episodes. It happened to be a mid-season replacement uh, during a really tumultuous time in ABC's career coming after the writer's strike. And they weren't sure if they were actually going to keep the show around. So that's why it only has seven episodes and it is pretty low commitment if you want to get into the show. But I will say that season two is probably one of my favorite seasons. And then there are a couple choice episodes you should watch in season three such as season three, episode seven, Everything's Coming Up Melly, and season three, episode nine, YOLO. YOLO indeed. So, uh, Gina, Ezra, what did you think? I really enjoyed this. I only watched the first five episodes because I'm trying not to binge everything all at once. It's my 2021 resolution is just to kind of savor a show and it actually made the viewing experience a lot more thrilling because I cut myself off every two episodes and this show has a really great knack of leaving you wanting more so I was just like well damn I have to wait until tomorrow to watch the next two episodes um but I mean (laughs) anything that's very disciplined of you yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more disciplined going into the new year because I've, I've wasted 10 hours a day watching TV and thought, what, what did I do with my life today? So uh, just trying to really savor things. <laughs> I'm not shocked that I enjoy it because Shonda Rhimes never disappoints. I mean, I've loved Grey's Anatomy since the beginning. It's probably one of the only shows that makes me cry as much as it does. Um, and then Carrie Washington, yes. Tony Goldwyn, yes. So oh, I yes. sold there. Uh, loved him in Ghost, loved him in Tarzan, playing one of the hottest animated characters of all time. So yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did he play? I'm sorry. He played Tarzan in oh, Tarzan. The movie Tarzan. Oh, okay. All right. I was not moved by <laughs> that movie sorry also (laughs) moved either just thought spoiler alert hot guy sorry what was the spoiler alert for oh you not you not enjoying uh (laughs) a little peek at some of the show notes and yes you know yes okay yes i have my hands on my chin what was your (laughs) 
All right, Mallory. My take was that I have scandal made me realize where you and I differ when it comes to network drama programs. And so I, as, as previous listeners would know, really adore structural procedurals that tap into like a solid, reliable format that can be repeated over and over again. And just like a, you know, a well enough cast that's charming and can hit their lines. And I know that you find that like, okay, but usually kind of boring. And you really enjoy uh, dramas that um, really emphasize the character development and then have this uh, kind of melodrama around p- the relationships that people that the characters have and for me like especially the like earnest melodrama of it all like I'm very ambivalent towards that and so it's not that I don't enjoy dramas and I, and it's not that I like didn't enjoy this show um, but for me my favorite kinds of like programming that I react to um, especially like sort of in this arena have uh, some kind of like archness or irony or camp like I, I need it to be like just a little bit trashier for me to really really enjoy this show or, or like these kinds of shows um, and so in, in some respects, that is a compliment to Scandal. It is too good for me to like <laughs> as much as I had hoped to. Um, and so I get it. Wow, it's sort of a compliment. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I, 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 I think like really sitting down, especially with this first season, I was like, okay, like I can, I can see how all of America just got totally swept away in this. Um, and then I also kind of understood myself a little bit better too in, in like how I wasn't swept away. Cause I think like, so they have, they have so many emotions and that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and so it's, a, it's not a scandal thing. <laughs> I, I happen to like value your take and that like you, you found yourself in a TV show. That's like the highest compliment ever for someone who loves TV and we've got this like podcast on TV and we we feel things yeah. usually by these shows. And the fact that you discovered who you were because of Scandal, I'll take it as a compliment on behalf yeah. of myself and Shonda Rhimes and Carrie Washington. I, I will have- say <laughs> to your point about structural procedurals, Scandal does have a very like defined format, especially mm-hmm. in season one when they were still trying to find themselves there's still that like case of the week aspect of the show uh what episode do you want Ezra I don't want to like really spoil anything for you I'm uh I'm up to episode five right now okay so you you already know about the major arc of the show uh Olivia Pope sleeping with the president yes and I can see why because Tony Goldwyn I mean come on come on Oof, indeed. God, that man has aged like a fine wine. I'll stop. I can, <laughs> I can listen all day. I love him. But uh, I will say that those first few episodes of the show are really like case of the week and they carry that with them throughout the series. And I will say that it does get messy. Like, Scandal is not perfect. Like, the first four seasons are some of like the best dramatic television ever. I honestly can't believe that Shonda Rhimes has kept Grey's Anatomy going for as long as she has because I'm actually not a Grey's fan and I just think that like 18 seasons how many seasons is it? I think they're going obnoxious how many seasons probably like 19 or 20 now like like they're they're going after law and order in terms of their scope with with how long they're keeping that going that just seems like too much for me. And I feel like Shonda, at least with Scandal, like the later se- like seasons, like seasons five through seven are just kind of messy. And like she realized that she's kind of like running out of steam. And at this point, like how to get away with murder was already like well on its way to becoming a hit. So I, I think that this show has like, a procedural aspect to it and it's at its best when it is balancing the crazy like messiness of Olivia sleeping with Fitz with the like how can I keep my crisis management firm intact and when it moves away from that that's when the show actually gets messy and is not enjoyable in my opinion. I think 
a lot of it also has to do with the fact like when you're comparing scandal and how to get away with murder to Grey's Anatomy I think the reason why Grey's Anatomy can continue is because like Law and Order you can rotate characters in and out you can bring old favorites back because it's a hospital like it that's real life people come and go and it's the same thing with like Law and Order how many people have we seen come and go throughout the series it just it happens to work for Grey's Anatomy whereas I think scandal and how to get away with murder had expiration dates like I don't think the two shows could have gone on as long as like Grey's Anatomy does still yeah that's like a very good point like scandal like it's not a spoiler obviously it follows the grant administration so you've got eight years real real life uh in like the real life of the show and that kind of equates to the seven seasons that we get. So I see your point there. Like there was an expiration date to Scandal always, but still not sold on Grey's. Maybe you'll have to like convince me otherwise. But yeah, I can't imagine myself sitting down for like an 18 season binge as much as I love <laughs> long dramas as Gina knows so well. Oh man. I did a Law and Order SVU binge, just like a very concentrated, okay, I'm going to start from the very, very beginning. And like, like I'd watched like probably at least like half the episodes before, thanks to like USA reruns. But like starting from the beginning and then going all the way to the end was kind of awesome. Definitely very arduous. I think it took me like four months to get through like, 17 or 18 se- or teen seasons by that point it was a couple years ago but man like once you go through it it's thrilling yeah that's how I felt about starting Grey's Anatomy but I mean after a lot of my favorite characters had left I detached from the show but it really depends on the viewer like some people just keep going I watching Twitter, I know it has like a huge fan base, especially when something like big happens, but I really formed an attachment to like a lot of the like first round of characters. And as I started leaving, I was just like, oh, this makes me sad. I don't like anyone else. (laughs) So what are some of your like moments that you do enjoy so far with Scandal Ezra especially because I think personally you're watching you're you're watching it the right way like the way that I watch Scandal which was week to week because I actually Scandal is like one of those few shows along with uh 24 and, and Downton Abbey that we'll discuss probably at some point where I legit watched it in real time on tv every Thursday it was like thank god it's Thursdays because I'm at home like watching Scandal and tweeting about it so like Scandal is built for that cliffhanger and I think it's kind of lost when you binge uh, even though I love a good binge. See that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to take my time with it. I miss sitting in front of a tv every week and watching my favorite shows. We don't get that pleasure anymore except with shows like Mandalorian where it's released weekly and that's what makes it so exciting to me. Now everything just drops at once and you could watch it in a whole day. I did that with season four of The Crown. I was so tired that day, but I did it. And Scandal has just been really fun to watch because I'm able to do it bit by bit. Um, I think my favorite aspect of the show is obviously Carrie Washington. I think she is phenomenal. And I had high expectations because I saw her first in Django Unchained where I think she doesn't get enough credit. But I mean, when you're in a movie with like Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz always gets the credit. I mean, he won an Oscar that year. Yeah. 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 Leonardo DiCaprio was obviously like the big one with that one, but she was amazing in it. I loved her and I've been following her career ever since. I even loved her in Little Fires Everywhere. I know the show gets like a lot of shit. People say she overacts in it, but she's an actress. That's what she does. I know people who are that dramatic. She was so good. She, I think she played her part really well. Um, So yeah, watching Scandal 
every time she comes on screen, I'm just like, Ooh, yes, more. And then the dynamic between her and Fitz between Olivia Pope and Fitz is just, to me, it's electrifying and it's, it feels extra saturated right now. Cause I'm reading a lot of romance. So I'm just like so much tension here. Oh my goodness. I was like, wow. yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> I have a huge smile on my face because man, I like don't breathe when they're on screen together having their like moments so it's just so sexy yeah I'm I'm a fan of the moment when the camera cuts to the two people's hands and the hands just like briefly touch each other and I think that is like more sexy than a steamy kiss a steamy sexy and I'm just like there's so much static between those fingers as they like intertwine you can tell I'm reading a lot of romance right now and oh, they and they is... do that. Oh, you go what ahead, Mallory. Too? They like play that up so much, and they do a similar scene again, like later in the series, and it's just whew, chef's kiss. But uh, don't worry, you'll see plenty of steamy, steamy sex if you. Uh, Shonda Rhimes knows how to do it. Yep. <laughs> forward to it i mean we have bridgerton to look forward to which i'm sure is going to be oh my god yes speaking of bridgerton the thing about hands the like last few promos that i've seen from bridgerton have all just been like a static graphic of hands touching and then like a quote like a like a pithy quote and so yes hands thing cinematic trope is just uh love it <laughs> yeah i'm i'm getting hot over here just thinking about it i like t- <laughs> i mean tony goldwyn have you he's he looks better now than he did in ghost and he was sexy in ghost i know he was the bad guy but damn he looked super creepy in lovecraft country though that oh, was weird yeah that was scary yeah <laughs> Let's focus on Tony and Scandal. Um, in his prime. Prime. So yeah, my, my favorite aspect of the show is the fact that like we know there's a lot of history between them without needing to pump up the physical touching and the sex. Just like at the moment right now, it's very mild, but you can tell that these two have a big history. And I'm just like... It's 10 degrees hotter in here. Just thinking about it. Can't wait to uh, hear more about your journey and how you feel when some pivotal scenes happen. And I expect to get like the group, the group chat like lit up with you all caps. And I can't wait. With all the exclamation marks. I know you had thoughts about how it's not as much of a procedural as you would like. Are there any things that you did enjoy and how many episodes did you watch i am up to where ezra is and i do think the just sort of the construction of the show is really really well done and that's i think no surprise thanks to um just the longevity of gray's anatomy and um her skill as a producer from the first frame you knew like you could feel that they knew what they were doing um really came through to me and so if um I were the type of person to like these kinds of shows then like I would feel very comfortable in just like going all in right from the get-go so 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 like I there wasn't any time I think for me to just like you know test it out and see if I liked it or not like like I knew pretty pretty quickly um that that the show wasn't necessarily like my type of speed but like the show knowing what 
what it is, what it was like right, right from the start, like that really stood out because it's just, it was very bold. It was confident. It was so unafraid in that pilot too, to sort of like shock you and intrigue you with like, who is this Olivia Pope character? And uh, it also asks a lot of the viewer because you know that Carrie Washington is the protagonist and and you know that Olivia Pope is supposed to be this hero figure, this gladiator, but then, um, you know, she's going off on these mysterious uh, things and she's talking with Russian spies and she's authoritative and things are handled and and, uh, especially the the moment where uh, she and Quinn go to um, consult Amanda for the first time. Like that was a pretty harsh uh, engagement between uh, the two of them, or or really just it's Carrie Washington just dominating, and it's really um, it was just really different, but just like so self assured that like I I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It reminds me a little bit about uh, another show that had a really successful pilot that was very self-assured, also took place in Washington, D.C. I think you know where I'm going with this. West, West Wing. Wing. Oh. <laughs> Shonda Rhimes is actually a huge West Wing fan. So do we want to move on to deep dive? Let's do it. Yeah. So I got, got a lot to say. No surprises here. <laughs> So I'm just going to dive in. I have, I think, about three or four things that I really love about Scandal that makes this show very special. Uh, obviously, I alluded to, alluded to it a little bit before, but Shondaland's dominance on ABC and the creation of TGIT, which was an actual marketing promo. Thank God it's Thursday. Uh, and it consisted of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal at 9 p.m. and then eventually How to Get Away with Murder at 10 p.m. And at the time of Scandal's airing in 2012, Carrie Washington was the first Black woman to lead a network drama since 1974. And according to like, I think one of all of our favorite film critics and TV critics, Emily Vanderwerf from Vox.com, she did this amazing retrospective in 2018 uh, where she said that Scandal allowed and reawoken, like it allowed network TV to have a renewed interest in non-white protagonists. Let me repeat that. Da, da, da. So Emily Vanderwerf in her 2018 retrospective on Scandal said that the show helped to reawaken network television's interest in non-white protagonists. And you can kind of really see this with uh, Shonda Rhimes' other shows that she greenlit and produced, most notably in How to Get Away with Murder, which featured one of my personal heroes, Viola Davis, playing Annalise Keaton. And so I think we wouldn't have gotten How to Get Away with Murder, for sure, if ABC didn't really believe in Shonda and what she'd done at that time with Grey's, allowed her to cast Carrie Washington in this powerful role as a black female protagonist, lead of a network drama. And then because of the success, Shonda was able to become Shonda Land. And now indirectly, I believe, or directly led to this deal that she has with Netflix and it's giving us Bridgerton. So I think you can put all of that on the back of Scandal, really. And in Emily Vanderwerf's same retrospective about Scandal's impact, she noted, and I completely agree, that Scandal helped to invent and popularize cast live tweeting sessions. And I kind of mentioned that every Thursday night I would do this. I would like make sure that I was home at 9 p.m. so I could like have Twitter open. I could have my popcorn just like Olivia Pope. And I'd be watching the cast live tweeting as I'm watching and seeing their reactions in real time and seeing how they're interacting with fans. Like this was revolutionary in 2012 and 2013, but now it's just kind of commonplace. Like we all just immediately go to Twitter as the water cooler when we're watching our favorite shows. And I will also say that Black Twitter, hashtag Black Twitter, rose to more prominence. At least it became more on mainstream media's radar. 
because of scandal and live tweeting because the cast was just really great about highlighting reaction tweets from diverse Twitter followers, basically. And it was just so great to see it. I love to see it. And as I mentioned before, Shonda Rhimes is an ardent lover of the West Wing. And you can really see that not only in the casting choices that she had for this show, most notably in Joshua Molina, who plays a very big role in the West Wing from seasons four to seven. Uh, also Jeff Perry, Cyrus Bean, had a couple cameos in the West Wing. And of course, Melly, Melly Grant, Bellamy Young also had some cameos in West Wing. So, and not to mention the costume designer for Scandal was the West Wing's costume designer. Uh, you talked about the pilot, Gina, and how it just had a force in that dialogue, that like fast Sorkian dialogue. Like you can clearly see that. Yes, in the speech pattern so that. fast. I had to keep my closed yeah. captions on. <laughs> yes, I watch it with subtitles. They so fast. Like so Sorkian, so West Wing. The only thing that's missing is like, walk and talks but I guess you could say Olivia kind of doing her power walk and her blazer saying it's handled could be uh, a kind of homage to the walk and talk but like you can just really see that the West Wing has an effect but one area where I would say this show's kind of diverged like we all know the West Wing is like liberal fantasy it's like what we want DC to be but I think that scandal gives a more real like albeit very dramatic, as you said, Gina, rendering of Washington, D.C. of the last decade and this decade that we're currently in, the 2010s and 2020s. Uh, Washington really is a city filled with lobbyists, political intrigue gobbled up by the media, and it's dominated by the spin, uh, which is what Olivia is there to do. And I think that I gravitate more towards scandal in some respects, as much as I love the West Wing, because like, we're living in this area that scandals literally documenting in real time of 24 hour news cycles and, and that world. And especially as you get to the later seasons, Shonda Rhimes directly pulled from what was happening in the news to give her take on it. Uh, she did a really powerful episode that was tied to Ferguson actually in season four. And it was a really like controversial episode at the time, but just really powerful how she pulled from what was happening in the world to try to make a statement on Scandal. And then finally, you, you can't watch Scandal without talking about the fashion. Lynn Paolo, uh, the costume designer for Scandal, was the costume designer for The West Wing. White suits and blazers, pantsuits, all of that came back into fashion in the mid 2010s, thanks to Hillary Clinton, no doubt, but also Olivia Pope. Uh, the Limited, not sure if you remember that, that like mall brand came out with an entire collection pegged to Olivia Pope's wardrobe. And I even dressed up as Olivia Pope for Halloween one year. Uh, I would just say that blazers are now a thing again because of Olivia. And, and that's all she wrote. That's why I love the show. That's why it's got staying power and why you should watch it. I, tying into your last point, I have a funny story. Um, so this show premiered in 2012, which seems like such a long time ago. I was working at the outlets um, by my old house and I was at Kate Spade at the time. And um, this woman came in and she was just like, I need your help. I want to look like Olivia Pope. And <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant because... I just stopped following network television at this point because like Netflix was becoming a thing and I was streaming more and I was also just going to movie theaters more. So my focus was more on movies, um, but it was just so wonderful. The determination in this woman, she just kept throwing like pencil skirts, blazers, jackets, dresses, and long necklaces I love Olivia's like long necklaces with like the little accents on them um and I I was just like I don't know who this is but sure 
let me try to do what I can. And I kept picking out the wrong colors. She's like, Olivia Pope wouldn't wear that. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I love what would so- wear. And she just kept picking out all these like white, beautiful dresses and pants and jackets. And I was just like, okay, sure. Love it. And that was like an actual thing for a while that ABC was promoing like WWP. D, what would Pope do? <laughs> <laughs> Ate up all the marketing for Scandal, as you can tell. I mean, it was fun and uh, well done, and so and, and fashionable, and like that. I I liked how that the fashion is like a little piece of Olivia Pope that like you you could literally sort of take with you anywhere and it's it's a little bit like dressing up but it's also like the functionality of power suiting is to make you look and like feel more authoritative and I think it was really great that the very feminine uh structures and style of the costume design like really like like you never forgot that Carrie Washington was a woman whereas like I love her but like Candace Bergen and her like early 90s Murphy Brown power suits like those were some really big shoulder pads there yeah yeah uh Ezra do you want to go next or do you want me to uh do my deep dive I'll go since mine ties into Mallory's first points. I didn't realize that she and I both had the uh, similar deep dive, but she executed it much better than I will. Um, oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, so as Mallory said, um, you know, looking at the TV landscape now, it's easy to forget that in 2012, when the show aired, Carrie Washington became the first black woman to lead a network drama in 40 years. The first was Teresa Graves in 1974 as an undercover cop in Get Christy Love. Obviously Shonda Rhimes and Washington made history with the origination of Olivia Pope because seven seasons later, Washington was joined by Viola Davis and Taraja P. Henson. And they, along with many black leads, have teamed up with other networks um, and cable channels to transform television. Um, I checked the slate, ABC's slate back then, and Shonda Rhimes had a lot of things working against her wanting to do this show because you have Desperate Housewives, Once Upon a Time, Brothers and Sisters, Revenge, Grey's Anatomy. Um, And while Grey's Anatomy and private practice were Rhymes' dramas, they had white women as leads. Um, But this is what I really, really love about Shonda Rhimes. She just couldn't see Olivia Pope any other way. And uh, in an interview with Sylvia Obel for BuzzFeed, she said, I didn't know from the beginning that I wanted Olivia Pope to be a black woman. I knew from the beginning that Olivia Pope was a black woman. Like it wasn't a discussion, it's what Rhymes imagined and it's what happened on screen. And I think, yeah, this powerful statement, I think demonstrates why Rhymes was the perfect architect for such a monumental character. Um, And as a black woman, Rhymes is one of the few players in the industry who could make a network as big as EBC take that kind of leap, which is great because ABC didn't put full trust behind Scandal Boo, you know, despite Rhymes' track record with, you guessed it, Grey's Anatomy. And then uh, Mallory had mentioned Twitter. Obviously, you could see that the cast just helped a lot in making this show a bigger thing after season one. Um, And as an outsider looking in, I think that just shows that everyone involved in the show just loved working on this show. I mean, even now with the show being available to stream on Hulu, I checked Carrie Washington's Twitter account. I checked Tony Goldwyn's Twitter account. They just, they keep bringing the show up. Like they keep, there's like a resurgence in their Twitter feeds about this, obviously because they're promoting the show again, but they love what they're doing. They're so proud of the show. And I love that about everyone involved in the show it's it's just really great and 
it shows they created something incredible. I'm only five episodes in and I can't wait to continue. It's, I expect it's going to be amazing. I like personally love, you mentioned how like they keep promoting the show. Carrie Washington was using like scandal teasers to convince people to go vote in the 2020 election. So she would like put up a weird cryptic video of her and like Tony like making out and being, and the caption would be like, scandal the movie, dot, 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 dot. JK, remember to vote. Yeah. And you, I mean, even looking at Tony Goldwyn's Twitter account, they both of them pushed for a lot of people to vote, especially in Georgia. His account is mostly just things about, you know, Georgia and the state um, and the Senate runoff right now. And it's just, I love celebrities who use their platform to do good and oh, on screen and off screen. I love the two of them together. Good Lord, it's getting hot in here. I'm hot for celebrities. <laughs> politics it is a frequent blind item that the two of them are like an in real life couple wait what yeah like like it's all over nt and sedan yeah wait they're together so it's a rumor well a long long standing rumor for years oh my god she's got kids with her uh her husband he's like a football player Again, this is a rumor, (laughs) so not at all. I mean, I want it to be real, even though she's got two children, but I ship it. I'm (laughs) for her either way. Go Carrie Washington. Just, uh, I love her so much. Ah. Hooray. (laughs) 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 Okay, well, moving on. Um... So, so for my deep dive, I kind of wanted to take a step outside of Scandal for a little bit and uh, just sort of worship a little bit more at the altar of Shonda Rhimes. And Shonda is, I think, like one, like one of the few showrunners that people um, know by name. And so I think that's like a testament to her, just, just to her incredible success and um, like force of personality. But then I also think that, um, and I hope that you will enjoy this uh, opinion of mine, Mallory. Um, I would hold that like Shonda is like our modern day Jane Austen, where she is tapping into romantic mores and then making space specifically across TV to explore um, complex relationships in society from uh, primarily female perspectives and really for female audiences. So um, no matter the genre, and then there have been many, um, there's also this sort of like element of the fantastical alongside a very um, sort of sophisticated and grounded foundational realism. And that that combination is is why I think like her shows are so addictive. Wow. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so this was sort of um, something I thought about for a long time and then also somewhat riffing off of um, discussions on like sort of cinematic universes and how um, we're seeing spinoffs and crossovers of all different kinds of very male-oriented uh, blockbusters and like superhero movies and things. Um, but, uh, well, like also spinoffs and crossovers have just long been a thing on TV. And I think the whole Shondaland TV scope um, does have formal universe. It has formal universes of its own, but it's also as a whole um, the, its own sort of ecosystem of like romance and character and nuance. Um, the formal universes include like how Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice and Station 19 are actually like kind of a, a unit together. Private Practice and Station 19 were very explicit spinoffs of Grey's Anatomy. And then I know Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, they've crossed over a few times, I think. And, and that was... Oh, epic. Epic. <laughs> uh, the final season, just wait. Ooh. Maybe I'll just skip ahead to those episodes. <laughs> I'll let you know which ones they are. I have to remember, but I remember it just being like a huge thing and I loved it. 
okay okay yeah i'll watch those those yeah carrie washington plus viola davis that's a that's a can't lose formula so yeah just sitting here waiting for her to do a show with the two of them oh that would be so good so good um okay well so so then um (laughs) the the next part of it um well like what what kind of show would you want the two of them to like be in together oh man I hadn't thought of that I always just wanted the two of them together um man um I don't know I mean, I just want more of the crossover that we get between Annalise and Olivia Pope because mm. both of them are at like really dark places as characters <laughs> uh, in in like both of their respective series when, mm. we, when they come together and they just like form this like badass posse, like mm. taking names and numbers and, and doing the right thing. And it's just... It's amazing. I just remember them getting drunk together, <laughs> like obviously acting, acting, of course. But it's like, I want to see this. I want to see more of this in real oh, life yes. as yeah. the characters. Yeah, because Scandal also like really brought back like evening drinking, right? That I've, I feel like... Red fr- wine. Fr- yeah, yeah. Friday Night Lights and, and Connie Burton's white wine was, was sort of like a running joke, but then it, it be, yeah, it became Olivia Pope and how, how she could handle her red wine without like staining her whites. Yeah. Red wine and popcorn. That's like her, her meal of choice. You know, if I had, like, if the opportunity ever, like, if we ever got a show with Viola Davis and Carrie Washington, I wouldn't want it to be a political thriller. I would want something about family dynamics, something more muted than, you know, Washington, D.C., because I know whatever that is, they would kill it because they have that range. They've got the range. I have figured out where I would want to see them, and it's a bit cliche, but I would want to see them in space. <laughs> oh my god if if shonda rhimes did sexy time in space i would watch it yes oh my gosh have i told you ladies about this show that i'm obsessed with called defying gravity that was pegged as gray's anatomy in space no <laughs> but i yeah. imagine they have very yeah it came out way. during like what was that Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I just imagine that they have very inventive, um, amorous positions. Yeah, it came out in like 2009. Sadly, a one season wonder, but Grey's Anatomy is set in space right there. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, like, like, I think characters of color rarely get to engage with, you know, like, Oh, space travel or, or going beyond and those types of stories because I think of like Sandra Bullock in Gravity or George Clooney in Gravity um, and uh, or, or Brad Pitt in Ad Astra or uh, Matt Damon in The Martian and so very rarely do you get to see just people of color kind of considering like the universe and um, I, I follow um professor chandra i forget her last name but she's a black female physicist and so just seeing her perspective on um, black women in stem is something uh that i see a lot on twitter that like i've realized now i just i don't see on tv Hmm. yeah that's why i love we've talked about this gina i love uh, uh for all mankind uh and Apple TV Plus right. drama, which mm. kind of tries to like flip the script in that exact same way to posit like what would have happened if the United States was forced to put a black woman in space and a Hispanic woman uh, in space at the because Russia was doing it. And oh. I, I agree with you. I love I love space. Space is like fascinating to me love to see a good black lead in the space drama so I didn't know that that aspect of for all mankind that that um 
because I thought I had I thought it was just about like oh what if Russia had gotten to the moon first but uh, this other aspect of like being forced to match uh, diversity and inclusion efforts by by the Soviet yeah. Union <laughs> that's a flex. <laughs> it's pretty wild like revisionist history but it's it's a pretty interesting show. Oh man. Okay. Circling back to genres, that's also something else that I wanted to talk about when it um, came to, when it comes to Shonda's shows. Um, For, like, I feel like every single one of her shows, they sort of tap into different genres, and those genres, like, are linked to certain kinds of, like, fantasies that people have, and so, like, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Private Practice, Off the Map, those were all medical shows, um, Off the Map, The Catch involved, like, a lot of international destinations, uh, Scandal, The Catch, How to Get Away with Murder, those were investigative thrillers, and then Scandal for the People, and then How to Get Away with Murder Again, those were really uh, ingrained into the legal political sphere and I think like sort of the most fantastical of all is that like the majority of the characters and like all the leads on Shonda's shows like they're competent (laughs) and they're so capable (laughs) and uh, I really enjoy that because I feel like that's it's sort of like grown up in that like okay like you can just rely on people to do things and they will do it and then so you're not mining um sort of like cheap dramatics because somebody is incapable like like you're able to raise the stakes that much more see to your point this is why they would be good in space because only white (laughs) people make mistakes (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Only white people make mistakes in space. Yeah. <laughs> Need that on a t-shirt or a tote bag. It's actually a really great SNL skit um, starring Chance the Rapper. It's just about that trope in movies where people make mistakes in space, but it's mostly just white people making the mistakes. <sighs> okay, I'll have to look love that up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and then fi- final beat for me is, is how... Um, very specifically her period and romance projects really dive into sort of like the idea of universes and like transmedia properties and things. Um, I haven't watched it, but I remember seeing the promos for Still Starcrossed, which took place, or which in the show, it takes place like after Romeo and Juliet have uh, committed uh, suicide and uh, so very obviously it taps into um, the Shakespeare canon by f- continuing that story um, following Rosaline Capulet and Benvolio Montague um, I won't go further because it got canceled after one season and also Mercutio and Tybalt as like a Shakespeare stand like those two are my characters uh, not a big Romeo and Juliet fan except for like those two characters <laughs> Um, and then I'm a Shonda, a Shonda show. Yeah, this was I think in the like mid two thousands, and it was sort of like under the radar. I have to check that out. That sounds wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 like, um, not to like derail. Oh, go ahead, Mallory. I was just gonna say, I also love how you highlight the catch. That's like another Shonda production that sadly only had like two seasons and it was really great yeah I have yet to watch that but that is still on my like long to watch list but like she has a knack for casting really great people and I'd already been a fan of Peter Krause and uh, Morel Enos Enos and the the two main people were really hot and really capable and it just it looked like such a sexy show I just I feel kind of bad that I didn't prioritize watching that because it does seem like it could have gone on for a bit yeah yeah very sexy show great casting again she knows her she knows her casting that's her that makes me really excited then for her new show which we've already mentioned a few times on uh, this podcast, but Bridgerton, and uh, it's it's coming out soon, and it adapts the best-selling Julia Quinn book, 
um, series. And the source material involves like lots of overlapping romantic tensions and like the characters are spread like across the books and there's spin-offs and tie-ins and all kinds of things. And so I really love that um, this sort of existing literary universe is um, being adapted into a new me medium, like with all of the like respect and budget and like talent that it deserves. Um, I think female audiences are just horribly underserviced and like there's, there's romance and there's rom-coms and there's like really shocky Hallmark movies. And, and now like we have all of these like new, really low budget but you know semi-competently done Netflix rom-coms um but like watching the trailer for Bridgerton it just screamed like money and having read all of the the Bridgerton books I'm so excited to see kind of just like one superstar merge with another superstar and like what they've come up with because I think um like like I have such high hopes for this show and from from the like scandals of intrigue to the longevity of Grey's Anatomy to um you know just the the willingness to um break conventions throughout all of her shows um I think was it Mallory that you had said earlier that like Shonda is an unstoppable force like that that's what I think yeah, like or as TV show is gonna be. I think we all can agree that she's <laughs> an unstoppable force. Yeah. You could probably just name this episode a love letter to Shonda Rhimes because yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful, Gina. Like got to got to tear up, getting a little like with yep. like misty eyed. Yeah. Um, Gina, <laughs> Gina is getting me so excited for Bridgerton. Actually, Gina recommended that I read the book. I read the first one and it's it's really <gasps> Oh my god! Oh, make okay. you so excited! It's it's very sexy, and it was my first like the Duke and I kind of romance because I'm really into contemporary romance. But this one was like, ooh, so fancy! It's a bodice ripper. <laughs> have, we, like, have we like discussed uh, my love of Outlander, Ezra? You know, Outlander is the reason why. Every time I'm watching something in the living room, my boyfriend comes in and goes, are you watching porn again? And I'm like, no, <laughs> stop asking. <her." laughs> yeah, that's, so I have very high hopes for Bridgerton because I love Outlander and I love like all types of like bodice rippers and yeah. I mean, looking at Bridgerton on the trailer, it it just looks like it has the same visuals as like the movie that came to mind was Marie Antoinette like looking at the costume mm. colors and like the scenery I was just like oh I love this because I loved the vast like grandeur of Marie Antoinette but it's it's not just white people in this one she's got <laughs> an amazing cast and also Julie Andrews is the narrator yes Julie Andrews this lady whistled down that's such it's a great, great, such a great name. Like, uh, the, the colorblind casting, though, like, hats off to Shonda for that. I, I absolutely love it. But I, I personally am excited for Bridgerton because I'm a huge history nerd and it takes place in the same period as, as Jane Austen <laughs> when Jane Austen was writing Pride and Prejudice. So that's why I love it. As soon as I saw the trailer, I immediately thought Pride and Prejudice, the Regency, here we go. Yes. Decadent, delightful. I know they're adapting it already. Um, what's it called? Uh, it's my favorite Jane Austen book, and I forgot it's oh, Persuasion. I already oh. have. I know they're already adapting it, but I wish Shonda Rhimes could have done that. I want her to do a Jane Austen adaptation so bad. She would fucking kill it. I think she. It would be, I know we have so many Pride and Prejudice adaptations, but nothing holds a candle to the BBC one with uh, Colin uh, Firth. Well, his name is like, yes, Colin Firth. It was like, I was picturing his name and seeing it, but 
I think that she would kill it doing like a Pride and Prejudice like adaptation. I'm not a huge fan of Kira Knightley's adaptation. I know that's an unpopular take. I the thing I love about Pride and Prejudice is it's always horny. No <laughs> adaptation. And I know Shonda Rhimes's would just be the horniest, and I am all for that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, I, I would like wow. to see her do Sense and Sensibility, though, I think. I was just about to say that. Sense and Sensibility is my favorite Jane Austen, so. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, the Emma Thompson one does have its own special place. And I would highly recommend, if anybody is, like, a Jane Austen fan, um, the Sense and Sensibility diaries that Emma Thompson published about, like, writing the screenplay and um, making the movie is a fantastic read. It, this this exists yes yes and it's so fantastic but also a little bit heartbreaking because she is going through her divorce from Kenneth Branagh yeah. at the same time and so you just yeah. get like little bits and pieces of like oh my god like she is clearly suffering but it's also the movie where she meets Greg Wise and they fall in love and then also scattered Aww. here and there like you hear about like Ang Lee just getting very frustrated with sheep <laughs> uh <laughs> I guess I'll say the last Jane Austen thing because I don't want to get off topic but when I was in high school I wrote an essay on why I wanted to be Emma Thompson when I grew up oh I love that oh that is that is really yeah she's Man, a- we need to need to drop all of these things in eventual show notes eventual <laughs> on our blog but yes. no I love how you like went there with saying that Shonda is Jane Austen because yeah, damn, I think she is. She is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Bridgerton will definitely like push her to past that level. Like, yeah, everyone will see it then. I mean, I'm excited for like the Anna Delphi show that she's going to be producing. Ooh, like, oh, that's right. I cannot wait. Like, yes. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really wild to see that despite the fact that she had Grey's Anatomy and private practice behind her, ABC didn't really have faith in Scandal and look at where she is now. Like, look at how rich she well, is now. So rich. Let's just not, let's not talk about how ABC didn't want to give her an extra pass to Disneyland, which is one of the reasons why she's, why she left. Like, Dropping the ball. If yeah. I- three amazing network tv shows behind me and i didn't get a free pass i'd be like fuck you yeah and it's like that was the thing that pushed her over like i just love it that she's like you can't even do this for me like (laughs) someday i hope to have as much power as she does because god she is amazing oh that would be frightening (laughs) you're right it would be only she can handle that kind of power (laughs) fuck it up Oh, well, this is just some great takes. Shonda is basically the modern Jane Austen, uh, revolutionary. So some closing arguments. I will say that the earlier seasons of Scandal are some of Shonda's best. As I mentioned, the storytelling is powerful, highly bingeable. However, like the show definitely loses some steam in the latter half of its run. But... If you're a political or a media junkie, you love a good drama, some steamy sex scenes, the, de- the show is definitely worthy of a binge and you should. Oh, I think Mallory, you cut off like right at the end there. So the, the show is definitely worthy of a binge and you should watch it. I second everything that Mallory has said, uh, not from uh personal viewing of the show but just from uh understanding the over and uh oeuvre just just from like understanding the um success of Shonda Rhimes like this is a fantastic show if you like shows like this and of shows like this like this is probably like one of the best shows and just for like the historical context and to better understand um the like what an impact um this had on pop culture like so many things can be traced back to scandal um something that i forgot that just came to mind was that um well they couldn't say the word vagina on air 
uh, ABC wouldn't let them. And so it was either Scandal um, or Grey's Anatomy that um, they decided to coin the term Vajayjay. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah even, even things like that. Breaking barriers. Go Shonda. I mean, I, I third everyone's thoughts. I am only five episodes in and I am loving it, you know. I came into this thinking Marianne and Connell were TV's horniest couple, but. (laughs) (laughs) And they haven't even had sex yet. I mean, they have in the past, but I haven't seen it. So. (laughs) You voyeur. Like I said, I'm I'm expecting an all caps text soon from you. Just every time they're together, it makes my body tingle. They're just so great together. And like you haven't even met the full cast of characters because a love triangle does happen. That's all I'm going to say. I do love that. I'm I'm also really looking forward to seeing what happens with Cyrus because God, what a sleazy dude. But he's like, I I just love how Shonda does like it doesn't matter if you are straight or gay you can still be an asshole like (laughs) she's making that statement and it was very bold for the time to like have a gay chief of staff who's just like power hungry and now like now it's just like meh whatever he's gay but at the time it was a huge deal see that's i just i love the show so far because she's not afraid to turn the dial like five episodes in and i'm just like what more could happen so, so much, so much can happen. Well, I think it's essential and I will keep watching and please look out for my I'm feeling really horny because of this show text, all caps and exclamation marks. I'm so surprised. Can't wait. <laughs> and that wraps up another episode of Yes, I'm Still Watching. Yay. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Read and review us on Apple Podcasts.